Today's scripture lesson is John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45, and the title of the sermon is Believe. We've been in the Gospel of John for the last few weeks. Uh, Scholars believe that the Gospel of John was written some 60 to 70 years after the ascension of Christ. You might wonder, well, why did John wait so long to write this firsthand account of Jesus' life and ministry? Well, one answer is that John had heard Jesus say a lot of things. He'd seen him do a lot of things. And one of the things that Jesus had said to his followers is that I am going to go to prepare a place for you in heaven. And I'm going to come back so that where I am, there you may also be. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, John thought that Jesus was going to be back any day now to take him and all of Jesus' followers with him to glory. But when it didn't happen on the timeline that John had in mind, he began to wonder, should I write this down? In the event that something happens to me, I want to be sure that people hear my firsthand account of living, walking, and serving with Jesus. And so John sat down to do just that. You can imagine if it was 60 or 70 years after the fact that there were some memories of his time with Jesus that were crystal clear, foundational and pivotal moments. And then there were probably other memories that weren't quite as clear. And no doubt there's a good chance that John may have forgotten some other memories altogether. So when John sat down to record his firsthand account, he knew that he couldn't put everything, but he decided that he wanted to center Jesus' life and ministry around seven pivotal moments in time. And for John, these things he calls signs. And they point to something far deeper than what may be going on in that particular moment. Well, today... In John chapter 11, this is the seventh and final sign that John uses before Jesus is crucified. And before we get to the seventh sign, let's go back to just before this sign and give you a little bit of context. Jesus had been in Jerusalem. He was in the temple and religious leaders came up to him and said, we want to ask you a question and we want you to speak plainly to us your answer Are you the Messiah? And Jesus said, well, I've already answered this. And and I have spoken clearly. And not only have I used words to communicate who I am, but I've also used these amazing signs to communicate who I am. But the problem is, is that you refuse to believe. Well, This didn't sit well with the religious leaders. They got angry at Jesus. And John says that they actually picked up stones with the intention of stoning Jesus to death. But John says that Jesus eluded their grasp and that Jesus and the disciples left Jerusalem. They traveled a day, maybe two days journey away. They were still close enough that people who knew about Jesus could make their way to see Jesus and to hear Jesus. And John even says that many came and many saw Jesus and many believed Jesus. Well, it's in this moment, in this place, that Jesus receives the word that Lazarus is sick. And he looks to his disciples 
And he says to them, I want to assure you that this illness will not lead to his death. God is going to use this illness to glorify God's self and also to glorify me. You see, what is happening in this moment has a purpose that's far greater than what you can imagine. What is going on in this moment is much bigger than you think. For John, it is a sign. Now, many of us who are hearing or reading these words this morning have had things that happened to us that are bad, that we didn't want or that we didn't expect. And my experience is when we have those kind of moments that one of two things typically happens. Either those moments draw us closer to God or they push us further away from God. When things happen that we don't like or that we don't want or that we didn't expect, we can either look for how God might work in those bad situations for good or we can look and use those bad moments as our proof that God doesn't exist or that God doesn't care. That's why I think the writer of John's gospel, John himself, on a number of different occasions in this text, reminds us that Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved Mary and he loved Martha. Because something bad was happening in their world and in their lives. But just because something was bad didn't mean that God doesn't care for them or that God doesn't love them. And John included that in his gospel because he wanted us some 2,000 years later to hear that same word. That if you live long enough, there's a really good chance that something bad is going to happen. That something that you did not want or did not expect is going to come your way. And it does not mean that God doesn't love you. And it does not mean that God doesn't care for you. I could see why you might think that. Just like John could see why people might think that. But John wants us to know that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus loves us too. Bad things are going to happen. But Jesus loves us. And Jesus can use those bad circumstances for something good. And God can be glorified in those bad circumstances. And Jesus himself can be glorified as well. We're then told in John's Gospel that Jesus waits two days before he begins to make his way to Bethany. Now, I don't know about you, but when I send out a 911 call, whether it's to God or whether it's to our local emergency authorities, I want a quick and immediate response. And I think the reason why Jesus waited two days... And the way that jo- reason why John tells us that Jesus waited two days is because uh, God knows that all of us get rather impatient. And that when we want or need God for something, we sort of expect God to just come and respond immediately, right away. And John wanted Mary and Martha and Lazarus and all of us to know That if God doesn't respond as quickly as you and I want 
or expect. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. God does love us. God loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And God was going to use this situation through Jesus for God's glory and for good. Then Jesus says to the disciples after those two days of wait, let's go. And the disciples really don't want to go. You see, the disciples remember what had happened right before the seventh sign when they were in Jerusalem, when the religious leaders were picking up those rocks to stone Jesus to death. And the disciples were smart enough to know that if they kill Jesus, that they probably want to kill Jesus' followers too. And so they really don't want to go. And that's why Jesus says this rather bizarre statement uh, in verse uh, 9. Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of the world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. Jesus really isn't telling them anything that they don't already know. They know that there's light during the day and that there's not light at night. So what's he getting at there? Well, I think that it's Jesus and John's way of acknowledging that these disciples did not want to go back to Jerusalem and they did not want to go to Bethany. And what Jesus is saying to them is, no, you really do want to go because right now I am the light of the world and I am with you. And if you walk with me, the light of the world, you're going to see things that you might not see once the light of the world is no longer with you. John and Jesus are trying to convey to those disciples that you need to make this journey with me to Bethany and ultimately to Jerusalem because you're going to see a bigger purpose at work here, something grander than you could have ever imagined. I'm about to redefine what it means uh, when we think of life and death and resurrection. And then Jesus informs the disciples that Lazarus has died. This would have confused the disciples because remember just two days before Jesus had said to them that this will not lead to this man's death. And so now Jesus is telling them that uh, Lazarus is dead. And if that wasn't bizarre enough, then the next thing that Jesus said makes me uncomfortable even to read it all these years later. For Jesus looks at those disciples and he said, I am glad that we weren't there. What he's really saying is, I am glad that I wasn't there to keep Lazarus alive. I am glad that we weren't there to stop the agony and the grief that Mary and Martha experienced in the moment that their brother died. It sounds so harsh to me when I read it. I could see why somebody would read that scripture and say, I don't want anything to do with that kind of Jesus. If that kind of Jesus is going to look at a horrific circumstance like this and say, I'm glad I wasn't there, then I don't want anything to do with that Jesus. I get it. I can understand why people would feel that way. 
But God loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus and John want us to know that. And he wants us to keep in mind that reality as the rest of this story unfolds. God wants us to know that God can work for good in the worst of situations, in ways that will glorify God and draw us into closer relationship with God. Meanwhile, back in Bethany, we're not really told what's going on. But I suspect that as soon as they sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick, that Mary and Martha expected Jesus to come immediately to Bethany. They were not only followers of Jesus, they were friends of Jesus. I'm sure that they thought that he would drop everything and rush to them in their moment of need. And then when their brother died, I suspect that they were wondering, where is Jesus? Why didn't he come? Why didn't he meet us in our time of need? Why isn't he here When Martha goes to see Jesus, he's on his way finally to Bethany. She hears about it. She runs out to see him. What she says to him is, if you had only been here, then my brother would not have died. I don't know that there's a more honest statement in all of Scripture. Martha is so devastated and she's looking at Jesus and she's like, if you'd been here, this would have never, ever happened. Now you'd think maybe John wouldn't include this particular statement in the scripture because it shows that this woman is upset with Jesus. But I think the reason why John included that statement is because John wanted to give us permission When we too are upset or angry at Jesus. To be able to give voice to it. For John knew that some 2,000 years later. You and me would be sitting here. And something bad would happen in our lives. And we would wonder where is Jesus? Where is God in all of this? Why aren't you seemingly here in my moment of need if you had just been here this wouldn't have happened if you'd just been here there wouldn't be a pandemic if you had just been here my marriage wouldn't have ended in divorce if you'd just been here I wouldn't have lost my job if you'd just been here my child wouldn't be stillborn if you had just been here and I think John wanted you and me to know That there were people who actually walked with Jesus, who dined with Jesus, who stayed in the same home with Jesus, that had moments when things happened that they did not like, that they did not expect, and that they did not want, and it left them with feelings of anger and frustration and anxiety, and those feelings were directed towards Jesus. And Jesus looked at Martha. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. That sounds like something a preacher would say. 
I'm wondering, as Martha heard it, did she think, oh, here he goes again, Jesus the preacher, Jesus the great theologian, and I wonder if she's thinking in her mind, yes, I know the theology, yes, I know that on the last day that the dead in Christ will rise, but I'm not thinking or worried about that day, I'm thinking and worried about this day, and I wonder if that was in her mind. She says to him, I know Jesus. I know that on the last day that the dead in Christ will rise. And then Jesus says one of the most quoted verses in all of Scripture. He says to her, I am the resurrection and I am life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, Yet shall they live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, I think most of us get the implications of what happens, what this means about our eternity. That when we die and draw our last breath, those of us who believe uh, will go and be with God in glory just as Jesus had promised. But I think what's happening here is that Jesus isn't just talking about eternal life. He's also talking about this life. And what Jesus is saying is that if you believe in me, if you trust in me, then when bad things happen and bad things will, you you can believe and trust that I can work for good. And that, that I can be glorified in this, that I can draw you closer to myself. And you'll believe if you believe and trust in me, then, then when you're frustrated that I'm not coming to you as quickly as you would like, when you're angry with me because I don't answer a prayer in the way that you would like, when, when, when you're upset with me because things happen that you don't think are fair or, or, or that should happen to you, uh, you, won't, you won't have to wait until you die to experience life. You can experience life now when you're disappointed, when bad things happen, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're anxious, when you're fearful. If you believe and trust in me, you will know that I am life. I am resurrection. It's in this present moment that you can find that life. You can find that new life. It's not just what happens after you die. You see, I think the reason why Lazarus was raised from the dead is because Jesus wanted to give us a visible sign that if you believe in me and you trust in me, I can work for good on this side of eternity. I can give you life in terrible, difficult moments. And I can give you new life in bad circumstances. But I know it's hard to believe. I know I've struggled to believe it at times. When bad things happen, it is just so easy to wonder where God is or what God is up to. 
And I think that John realized that it's going to be hard for many of us to believe. Because John talks about it in this chapter. There were some who did believe and trust. And they experienced new life on this side of eternity. And most certainly experienced new life on the other side of eternity. But there were those who did not believe. There were those who did not trust. There were those that could not see life on this side of eternity or God's presence or God working for good or God being glorified in tragic situations. And those people in John's gospel were the ones that in this moment and from this moment to the end were the ones preparing for Jesus to be crucified. I don't know about you, but in the last several weeks of this pandemic. I've been tempted to think, Lord, if you were here. This wouldn't be happening. And what John wants to remind us is just because we're followers and believers doesn't mean that bad things won't happen just like they happened to Mary and Martha and Lazarus. When God doesn't respond to our prayers as quickly as we would like, uh, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. Bad things are going to happen. But if we believe and we trust, we will not only see new life Once we die and go to glory. But we'll see evidence of new life in the present moment. Thanks be to God. Amen.